Hello and welcome to episode number 19 of the official at youtube.com podcast, talking all things U2, new album news, tour dates, community discussions from the staff of at U2. It's a little different episode this time. We are going to go live of sorts. You know, obviously, you're listening to this later, so it's not live, but when I recorded it with them, it was live from Dublin uh, with Sherry, with Liseth, with Steve, and with Matt, who's awake for part of it. Otherwise, he's, of course, as you know, sleeping like a baby, recovering from jet lag and all that kind of stuff. So there's a bit of a sort of random discussion. It's uh, some Skypey issues, you know, as you might expect with three guests running around a hotel in Dublin trying to find Wi-Fi and stay on Skype. But uh, I think you'll hear some good stuff about what's, going, what's been going on in Dublin and uh, what they're looking forward to with the final couple shows rumors of the new tour, all that kind of stuff, and the usual hijinks we get up to on the podcast. Enjoy the show. Yeah, hey, uh, baby, uh, stand by for a zoo, uh, radio transmit. The radio is blind. How do rock stars smell like? I definitely see myself acting more as a musician in the future. What I tend to favor is sandalwood. We're shutting the location down. There is no vote. It happens now. No, it's about music, I hope. Tell me something that you saw today in Dublin, Sherry. Uh, something that I saw today in Dublin. Let's see here. Went and saw the U2 exhibit over at the little Dublin Museum, which was nice, or the little Museum of Dublin. That was lovely. Then we headed over to the studio and left our mark at the studio. And that's probably something that will fire me for, but he'll have to see it in order to fire me. Um, Wait, so what? for the folks who are listening live right now, what what's... What, what does that mean to leave your mark? Oh, well, um, since um, Windmill Lane Studio has been demolished and that brickwork is going to be up for auction in a few months, the details haven't been um, sorted out yet, but um, there will be an auction of pieces of the wall for um, from the... Um, Women Lane Studio, where where all the YouTube graffiti was. So, seeing as that has since gone, fans have begun putting the graffiti on Hanover Key for the length of time that the band will continue to be there. Which is, you know, anybody's guess. Um, they were supposed to build what was known as the U2 Tower, and their studio was supposed to be up on the top floor of that. But that project got scrapped. So. They're basically buying time with the um, recording studio on Hanover Key. So um, fans have been going and leaving their mark, leaving their notes or, or you know, well wishes or, you know, I can't believe I'm actually here type, type of uh, messages. So uh, we were the goodwill ambassadors today to leave a few marks on the wall like everybody else to indicate that we were there and we loved the band and, and all that stuff. We even did a little tribute to the Dalton brothers, which was really sweet. <laughs> and if you go to my Twitter feed, I've, I've got some of those pictures up. It's been a very interesting vibe in the, in the city. Um, you know, you've got diehard fans who have come in from all over. And then you've got the local fans. Some of them are just as nutters as we are. But um, our experience has been um, very much that um, they think that uh, Bono's a wanker. Larry's the only true Dubliner in the band. And the other two are just okay, but they're from England, so they're just okay. So you know, it 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 
after all these years of hearing Bono make all these comments about, you know, being, you know, stationed in Ireland, living in Ireland and, and, and the atmosphere and how people, um, treat them, he's not over exaggerating. They really can't stand. (laughs) (laughs) At least if those who we've run into around the city, it's like, ah, Crikey, or it's not exactly crikey because I'm not in Australia. It's like Jesus Christ, I can't believe you came all the way here for him. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm noticing uh, from your pictures, Sherry. There's a bit of a uh, Steve must have been standing on a, a big pedestal of some sorts in some of them because there's kind of no, a height discrepancy. We were. Both stood on the same pedestal. I'm five foot and he's six foot two, like he wrote in his off the record column a couple weeks ago about about the height differential. <laughs> and um, and if folks want to go through my Twitter feed, they can see some of the pictures from Dublin Two and what it's like to be five foot tall at a concert. Um, if you're stood in 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 particular areas within GA, we were fortunate enough to have a front row rail spot in front of Adam. Um, but once the show transitioned over to the East stage, I couldn't see anything. So that's when I decided, Hey, it's meerkat time. And I just pulled up meerkat on my phone and I had my back to the East stage and stood in front of me was, um, another than Art Fogel, who's the head dude with, um, live nation. And he was giving me a look that, that would just kill anybody. Um, and so I flipped the phone over to show him that I was on meerkat at least. And he couldn't give a crap about whatever I was doing. He was just staring me down. I'm like, whatever, dude. Um, you know, so, what, so be it. What, he was upset with you for what? Well, I had my back to the band. Oh, gotcha. You know, so the entire audience is all facing the E stage. Yeah, And I couldn't see anything and it was uncomfortable for me to be positioned where we were because we were packed in like sardines in GA. Yeah, they, like- they, they really packed us in. So there was not a lot of room for movement. There was no room to really rotate or to do anything like that. So I just gave up the ghost and uh, I decided, well, I'll have a better view watching meerkat crying out loud because at least they're, they're nice and close to me. Um, so yeah, that was, that was a very interesting experience right there. And then the next song, uh, once again, cause I couldn't see back there, I just decided to close my eyes and sort of feel, um, the um, energy in the room and just try to, um, imagine because we had one of our staff members there, um, John, John Tui, who's, who's blind. So, you know, I wanted to, to sort of, um, step in his shoes and try to, um, um, uh, you know, experience what the show would be like in, in, um, in his perspective where, where, you know, it doesn't matter how big the screen is, he can't see it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what, what type of experience would that be? So, you know, I, I am challenged myself to try to, um, enjoy the show from, a different point of view throughout the night. And, you know, I did get a few pictures. I did get a few videos, but for the most part, I really tried to put everything away and just be in the moment and be there and, and, 
and just try to make eye contact to acknowledge that, you know, we're here, you're there, and we appreciate you. And on several occasions, Adam acknowledged that, which was really, really nice. Cool. That was the the 24th show? That was Tuesday night, yeah. Yeah, okay. Time zones and dates always mess me up, so... <laughs> I don't even know time zone and date today. All I know is is it's Thursday. That's all I know. (laughs) (laughs) And Lisseth, you're on the call too, right? Did you get through? Can you hear me? Yes, we can. That sounds great. That's good (laughs) to start. So um, have you been to one of the shows yet? Yeah, I was there um, Tuesday. Tuesday (laughs) I was going to say yesterday, but it's it's Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of tracked... um, lose track of time here so and where were where were you situated for the show uh on adam's side a bit to the back on the right near the main stage which was a pretty good spot actually i thought it would be way too far back but um, i had a pretty good view all over just uh, only when people were uh, keeping up their phones up a lot then it got a bit harder to see but in general it was pretty good actually yeah, yeah. and w- ha- this is how many shows in this you've seen a few right on this tour on this tour is the fifth. Fifth, yeah. But how, so, how has the Dublin atmosphere been uh, that you've experienced? Is this your first time in Dublin? No, I was there uh, in two thousand nine in uh, Croke Park. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty uh, great energy, just um, amazing atmosphere here. So, everyone was going wild. It was, it was well, it was great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, Fernanda in the chat room asked, "Do you think the stage is better or worse for the band? Because the stage, as we've seen from pictures, is much smaller, sort of compressed." Uh, stage set up obviously in the in the what is it called the O2 no that's the three arena uh, three arena right two or three <laughs> four uh, but yeah how does the stage feel do you think for the band just performing on um, well it's a bit strange seeing this you know it uh, on one hand the screen is smaller but it it feels big because it's right uh, up. And well, yeah, people on the balcony can kind of touch it. It's really so close. <laughs> yeah, so it's, uh, it feels kind of weird. And I think, yeah, it does do something strange with some of the parts. Like when they leave the stage, leave the screen during even better than the real thing. Yeah, it's not really much of an event anymore. <laughs> and uh, yeah, some of the parts, they had to change it. Like uh, during, uh, until the end of the world, when Bono spits his water on edge. <laughs> he did it from the main stage this time, which was kind of nice for me because I could see it a lot better now. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> and also when he, like Bono had to duck under the stage, uh, under the, not under the stage, under the screen a couple of times, which just looked really weird. You know, like he had to almost crawl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not to get hit by it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, well, it's not bad, but it's, yeah, it's a bit strange at times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about for you, Steve? You're still there somewhere. We're, we're, yeah. We'll keep checking in audio-wise just to make sure people are around for this episode just because of the, the distance we're traveling here. But um, how about for you being uh, on the other end of the height spectrum from Sherry? <laughs> what was the show like for from where you're sitting or standing, I guess? Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting with the, um, you know, with the way they have the stage set up. Obviously, they're just trying to make it fit. Um and from, from a GA perspective, um, it doesn't change a huge amount. Uh, the only thing it really does is 
it sort of concentrates where the fans end up going. The having the east stage at the other end of the arena to the main stage actually helped. You know, you had this crowd that were always going to be up at the front. You had this crowd that was always going to be up at the east stage, and the rest sort of migrated throughout the show. Now there's obviously a sweet spot to be, you know, near the east stage in that very small space between the east stage and the main stage, and so that becomes very um, cramped and crowded. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm actually curious what it was like, uh, you know, up in the stands because I can't imagine it's as, you know, good of a sightline for everybody as it would have been, um, you know, in a, in a regular setup, just because of how close the stage comes to the seats. I mean, the stage is practically touching the seats. They've they blocked off, you know, maybe a couple of seats that directly um, face the ed- the edge of the. Um, screen but um it's um it's, you know it's 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 a cramped it's a cramped setting it's yeah um you know really a challenge because from the photos it almost like i know it's not exactly but from the photos it almost looks like this club atmosphere more than stadium or you know concert venue type big thing that we're used to seeing with a huge you know crowd and and you know long distance sort of photos and stuff but um does it feel like when the band actually starts playing and stuff does it feel still big is it is there enough room for the sound to sort of go the nature of the venue it's like having a club gig on steroids that's exactly how it feels the sound wise um the sound is just as good in three arena as it has been in any of their venues that i've seen it in and that's primarily because of the of the sound system that they have in there the difference is the local audience, because there are so few people, you know, there's only about 10,300 that, that are in there and up in the seats, they've been hosting so many different groups of people. You've got the Salesforce groups in, uh, they've got some humanitarian, um, groups in. they've been, um, hosting governmental people and, and people from the United Nations. And, you know, there's, there's, um, suits from live nation. There's a lot of suits here. So if you're up in the stands, Um, uh, one of the main complaints that we've been hearing is, you know, there's not a lot of people standing or dancing or having a good time. The party's down in GA. And so from what we've, um, um, heard from several people, um, Sam O'Sullivan included is that, uh, a Tuesday show far exceeded, um, Monday's show, you know, and for obvious reasons, I mean, I mean, Monday was night one, you had a lot of media there. It was the first night. You don't know how everything's going to jive, how the Irish audience is going to take it Monday night. They also had the families in from the, um, um, some of the, uh, um, uh, bombings that had happened in Dublin in the, in the, in the seventies, they had some of the, um, um, families in. So they were very cautious about how they presented raised by wolves and Sunday, bloody Sunday, Monday, the, um, confetti machines that, that rained the debris down. Um, um, those did not go off as a, um, as a courtesy so that it wouldn't upset people even more than they were already moved and, and, and so on. But on Tuesday night, you had all of that going on. So from, um, from some of the reports and looking at the set list that was originally printed 
for Tuesday, they were supposed to close with, I still haven't found what I'm looking for, but the audience was so into the show and, and we're singing along and, and just were into it. Um, at the end of beautiful day before they went into mother and child reunion, Bono and, um, um, and edge made the audible to switch up the ending to be bad and 40. That was not designed to be the closer for, um, Tuesday show. So, you know, they are very much feeling how the audience reaction is. Um, and, and the sound, I mean, it, it, it just felt like it was a club gig on steroids. If you were in that building, you were so lucky you were just living it. Um, that said, we did have a woman next to us that, that, uh, during October when all the video, um, from, the drone, um, going over Kobani, you know, this is a very solemn moment. This is the, the temperature switch in the, um, in the show. All she kept on saying is Bono is a fucking rock God. He is a rock God. I tell you, he is a rock God for the whole of October. And I'm going, are you kidding me? You're ruining the vibe. And, and the other great thing is, you know, most of the Irish audience who were around us, they haven't been following the tour. So they were genuinely surprised when they went into until the end of the world. Once again, that was refreshing <laughs> to have people who didn't know what song was coming up next, who were genuinely going, Oh my God, they're playing streets. I can't believe it. You know? So yeah. that was really, really refreshing. <laughs> yeah, I guess. And by Tuesday too, a lot of the outside fans, uh, or traveling fans, I guess, or whatever you want to call them, are there too, like you guys, because you weren't there for Monday to show, right? Right. None of you, I don't think, were, were there yet, or you didn't go anyways to the show. Um, and so fans are arriving and more people are sort of getting into town. It is a little odd probably to have a, I was just thinking, you know, if a concert was on in my own city on Monday and Tuesday night, it is kind of just a weird vibe to go to a, a big event. I mean, you still would go, obviously, because it's you 2 and stuff, but just on a, and there's been shows on Mondays and Tuesdays, it's not like they're always on the weekend, but it does kind of feel like dull Monday back to work and then you go to a U2 show <laughs> would be a little bit of a different theme, I guess. But, um, but anyways, uh, we, I have word that Matt is on his way down from his um, chambers. I don't know where he's going. Oh, no. Well, I hope he can find a quiet location because he's not stealing our one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, interesting note about the general admission line. So the fans who have been flying in, they've been um, stationing themselves at the Starbucks um, in back of three arena to run the GA line. So, you know, the, the first hundred people or so in the GA line are, are, are mostly international. So you, you think about um, some of the people, especially Monday night watching the show on Periscope when uh, I believe it was Josie from California that got, got pulled up for meerkat duties and the audience, you know, booed the fact that you pulled up a Californian. Um, it's, it's, it's because the locals aren't able to join the queue uh, in the same way as all of us who, who are traveling because they've got jobs, they've got responsibilities and so on and so forth. And the GA line has been a check-in process. So, you know, every three or four hours, you've got to check in to make sure that, you know, you still have your spot in line. So, so if you choose to get a number, you basically have to live that type of a lifestyle. And most of the Irish folks here 
don't really want to be tied down like that. Um, and so if you've got the people who are running the GA line doing that, you know, they're going to have all of the prime locations. So it'll be next to impossible for a local to get pulled up for Meerkat. Um, and I don't see that happening on nights three and four in Dublin either, unless some miracle happens, you know, you've got people from, from all over who are just, uh, uh, taking care of the GA line in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, uh, in the chat room, Fabiano mentioned that they were so happy to have a Brazilian on stage for the second Dublin concert. <laughs> Every country well, has their interesting story about that. Interesting story yeah. about that. So when the band showed up, um, um, if, if you're lucky enough and this podcast posts before Friday and Saturday show, the band has been showing up on the Liffey side of the building. That would be classified the South side, um, of J entrance. That's where the, uh, band arrival area has been. And they've been very good about stopping and greeting fans who are part of the receiving line. If you're in GA, you have to leave the GA queue in order to go over to, to that neck of the woods. And so, um, um, Syl, who many of us are um, familiar with, um, and, and her friend, um, I believe his name is Elijah. They were over there and Syl has been begging for there to be some sort of pop song to be sung. And this is the same group of folks who were, um, dressed up as, as the village people for New York eight, who, you know, tried to convince them to do discotheque. So when he got pulled up, he was wearing a blue boxers robe and the, and the muscle shirt looking like pop Mart Bono. And so when, um, when Bono pointed at him and said, I like your earlier work, you know, he was, he was basically being playful with his pop Mart self. And that was the, the um, nod to Pop Mart that they were able to provide to fans who have traveled far <laughs> and wide. So who knows what is in store for uh, Friday and Saturday, but that's a little bit of, of uh, why I think he might've been pulled up um, because they were chatting before um, sound check about stuff like that. Nice. Yeah, it is. It's always interesting to see who, where, why, and and he has like Bono and and the U two have have to sort of know that if they don't grab a local, there might be some booze and whatever, and and then if they grab the same folks over and over or whatever, they might be upsetting some other fans, and it's just like I don't know how you you can't please everybody, so you just gotta do what you gotta do. Well, <laughs> and at the end of the day, it's Bono's decision. It's it's not like you've been ordained. It's not like it's been anything. And if he's not feeling the vibe. You know, he, it is up to him in that moment who he selects and only him. Right. That's what we've sort of, we touched on a little bit one time. I, I know when we, our last episode, I think we were talking with Mark Baker and, uh, yeah. and just how, how that process goes down. And sometimes it's a little bit prearranged, but then, yeah, like you said, in the spur of the moment, he might just grab someone else and it's, it's not like you've got a contract to get <laughs> up on stage or anything like that. Oh, it's, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's, uh, it is what it is and. Just got to enjoy the show no matter what happens, I guess. But, um, so the, uh, the, oh, I just wanted to mention before we, I'll, I'll probably forget, um, Fabiano reminded me, uh, 
good help having Fabiano in the chat room. He's, he's, it's not midnight or wherever, <laughs> whatever in the, when we usually record, uh, Tasula's birthday is also happening right now. Tasula of, uh, U2 at U2 fame. And, uh, she's over there in Dublin somewhere. I've seen her tweeting out pictures, but happy birthday to Tasula. Hope her birthday week is a fun one in Dublin. Lizza, Lizza, let's go to you. Any other comments on on the the show that you saw so far? And which, I guess, which shows are you going to be seeing yet? How many more are you seeing? I'm going Saturday only. So, uh, yeah, I think it'll be even better than than Tuesday. So, just hoping for a great finale to Dublin. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I think it'll, they'll deliver. I'm pretty sure of it. So. <laughs> Is there, uh, oh, we got some... Fun static. See if that's oh, that was Sherry. Yeah, ditch ditch Sherry for a moment. <laughs> Is that Sherry making that noise? Yeah, <laughs> I think I think she I think she's tried to hide in the dart station. <laughs> that's probably the, not the greatest place to go for. Uh, uh, I remember catching a dart when I was going from living in Dublin and staying in a hostel. Anyways. Um, Liz, yeah, I wanted is, to say. Um, yeah, go ahead. Uh, was a nice, nice touch from the nice touch of one or two uh, to sing Namakitipa. I thought that French song he did at the end somewhere. Oh right, yeah. I was gonna say, is there any other? Is there songs you're hoping that they'll sneak into the set if, just because they're in their hometown and something you haven't heard in a while that you're sort of hoping to hear? <laughs> well, there's a long list I'd like <laughs> to hear. So no, but uh, a sort of homecoming would be nice. Well, it would be very appropriate, but I don't think they'll do it. But yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I'd be happy with a lot of songs. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, uh, sort of homecoming would be a very appropriate one. I think they did that last time in Dublin, didn't they? Or maybe not. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Any tips for fans who maybe are have yet to make the the trek over that uh or maybe are about to or something like that uh for the next few shows uh who are listening or or uh, will be listening maybe on the plane as they travel over um any any tips or tricks for the, <laughs> you've come across when traveling into dublin i would say wear, wear more than a t-shirt <laughs> i um, yeah. uh, showed up to the first show um thinking um I was going to tough it out and that I would be the smart one by the time of the show because it'd be everybody else would be overheating in their coats and figured I might survive in um, below freezing driving rain outside of Three Arena. Um, it was nice and warm when I left the hotel. By the time I got there, it was um, freezing cold and I should know better. But um, <laughs> to dress, in, dress in layers and layers that you don't mind if they get trampled inside once you... Um, you know, tear down to your concert clothes. I'm going to try to sneak inside of the uh, van. No, I can't. <laughs> can't do that. But... Inside the van. What is she doing? <laughs> Sherry's Sherry, Sherry's going to be reported from the back of a um uh, from a police police wagon <laughs> yeah. in, a, in a little while. <laughs> this is what I picture Sherry doing. This, this is my reminiscing of my first time, at, or yeah, first time in Dublin was I stayed at a hostel and the hostel owner took me out for. A, to visit some pubs and then he threw me in the back of a van with like kegs or whatever they're called over there rolling around in the back, no seat, just me sitting in the back with the kegs. And I, that's our picture. Sherry <laughs> reporting that she's no, getting flung around. I will send you a picture of the van when, when we finish recording and you'll just laugh your ass off. McGee. <laughs> Jeez. Just <laughs> <She's trying> Matt down. <laughs> 
We're Casey. currently recording the podcast. Do you have any uh, words of wisdom, boss man? I have no words. So <laughs> yes, no words of wisdom. He's so tired. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, breaking news, word on the street. I was over at Hanover Key Studio earlier, found out Adam Clayton does not like tuna sandwiches. No word on what he does like or what the others do or do not like, but we can rule out tuna for Adam. Back right. to you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go over to Steve for the weather. No, we already got the weather update. <laughs> we already got the weather. <laughs> we need Lisa for, for sports. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Anything happening on the soccer or football pitch today? <laughs> so, Sherry, did you get how how uh, we need to know though? Is your sources? Are you able to reveal a bit about your source? Is this like catering? Is this, uh, this uh, security? This source was a fan who was outside with me, who happened to be around the studio um, uh, many moons ago when uh, one of the. Uh, tech crew went out for sandwiches and brought back two bags of sandwiches to feed all the hungry masses inside the studio, then came back out a little while later because they could obviously see that that he was still outside hoping to get an autograph or something and offered him a tuna sandwich and said, Adam doesn't like tuna. Would you like his sandwich? And of course he said, yes. So as reliable as that is, you know, you're in Ireland, you really can never trust precisely, but I, I have a, a, a good feeling Adam is not a tuna guy. Okay. So I think, I think that that's a solid source. Yeah. As uh, Matt or Sean, Sean McGee in the chat room says, I love tuna fish. This is the kind of hard hitting journalism, journalism we've come to expect from Matt YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing some relation there, maybe. I'm surprised that Dallas didn't go. You'd have, you'd, have, you'd have figured Dallas would have had a tuna. All right. We'll, we'll update the. We'll have to set up a new page on at youtube.com of uh, sandwich preferences for every member and crew <laughs> of the band. Apparently, yeah, this is slash, slash new album. It'll be slash sandwiches. <laughs> exactly. It'll just be a big grid of different sandwich flavors and band members, and like a plus or a minus if it's been confirmed or denied. <laughs> <laughs> Myth busted. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> the love sandwich well, speaking, corner. Sandwich speaking of those, <laughs> Go ahead, Liz. Uh, speaking of those preferences, I, I think Sherry and uh, Steve went to the Irish Rock and Roll experience as well. Did you see the YouTube writer they had there? The whole, I think you put a picture up on Twitter as well about the whole, um, their requirements that they had or what they requested when they were performing somewhere. There was a whole list of alcohol. It was just ridiculously long. <laughs> oh, I missed that. <laughs> Where was that? Where is that located? The, backstage at the, the Irish Rock and Roll Experience. This is backstage. There's this um, a few photos of lists that bands have um, requested what they wanted when they were they performing. They did show that to us on our. Uh, a trip. Our our tour guide was so into showing us everything about Thin Lizzy that uh. he very rarely even touched upon anything to do with you two, except for some of the uh, pieces of recording equipment. And then he told us a story about how Eno almost erased the whole of yeah. um, streets. Um, but no, we didn't see that. Yeah, it was like uh, seventy-five liters of alcohol, and uh, well, whatever. It was a long list. It was really, I think they were, I hope they were throwing a party because otherwise. <laughs> I've got to say, if you want an entertaining experience, you have to go to a museum, particularly a U2 museum with Sherry 
and go on a guided tour. Because then you basically have this sort of like, you know, is this like it's like this fact off between the uh, tour person who is, you know, earning their living by telling you obscure U2 facts. And then sure you go. And actually, the album that they uh, this this song actually they recorded on this didn't actually show up for another three albums when it was actually re-released and renamed from Native Son to Vertigo. And, and the guys are there, they're going, OK, you know, it's almost like this sort of fight for the rest of the crowd. The crowd is sort of all gravitating towards Sherry. They'll go. Oh, no, over here I've got Edge's guitar. And I go, oh, they'll start edging back towards uh, him. And <laughs> it's, like this, it's like this battle battle of the wits. Do they eventually just hand over their badge and say, okay, Sherry, you run the tour? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm very respectful about that, especially seeing as people, you know, paid good money. But, you know, if there's an added detail that got left out of the story, and if I happen to be there, I like to give people value for money. What can I say? <laughs> That you should hand out uh, little cards for the podcast. Say, I'll, I'll fill you in more details if you listen to the podcast. The- <laughs> <laughs> I'm saving it for the podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fabiano in the chat room says, Sherry needs to look for more information about the next leg. If it's true that they will wait until Songs of Experience are launched to keep the tour going, which I know is a big... Con- uh- if I tell you, I'll have to kill you. So <laughs> I cannot say anything about anything about anything. Yeah, it's uh, much rumored and discussed. And obviously folks want to know, making their plans... Christmas plans to buy tickets for <laughs> folks, etc. And uh, as as usual, if it's not announced on YouTube.com, it doesn't exist. So until any kind of official word happens, uh, we always like to remind people: do not uh, uh, secure anything until an official announcement is made. And and what I am able to say is is that there will be nothing announced before Christmas. Everybody's taking a Christmas holiday as soon as the pair shows are over with, and it's a much-deserved holiday. They've been working their katukases off, and uh, everybody's looking forward to just having some downtime. So do not expect anything prior to Christmas and New Year's, um, which also tends to um, uh, make me want to tell folks, if you're holding out on resubscribing for YouTube.com, um, because there might be a tour announcement or there might be something like that. Um, do not lose your legacy status. Renew before your 30-day subscription runs out at this point. And then there's a, uh, uh, um, a link in the Zootopia boards for people who had renewed but need the new renewal gift sent to them. They're, they're starting to document all of those people. So um, do not let your subscription lapse. That's all I can tell you. All right. Well, there you go. That's the uh, a- not, I was say annual <laughs> episodic update on the uh, membership and fan club membership and stuff, which, by the way, segue, the uh, at U2, or U2.com fan site of the week happens to be uh, a site we're all familiar with. <laughs> At u2.com that was featured and has a nice little write up in there that we'll link to in the show notes, of course, that uh, you can go read um, and uh, hear all about at u2.com, which you already know about, but uh, it's kind of fun to see. And Matt was nice enough to put a little plug in there for the podcast. So if you happen to be, this is a weird episode if this is your first one listening, <laughs> by the way, it's not normally this um, scattered or. Uh, Skypey, I guess, too. But uh, normally we record uh, weekly, Wednesday nights-ish, and uh, with a few folks from at U2.com and chat about all things U2, of course. And so, um, but obviously with half our crew uh, in Dublin or arriving in Dublin or whatever, en route to Dublin, uh, the episodes are a little bit 
weird this week, next week, but uh, it's fun with having you two in town. So um, do you, you guys were at the Zeropa Tribute concert last night, right? Some of you. And uh, how was that experience? Steve actually periscoped most of it. Steve, do you want to talk about it? Yeah, it was uh, it was a it was a fun show. Um, absolutely great uh, tribute band, um, and really good um, musicians. And um, I gotta say that Bono spends more of his time uh, on the floor of the um, uh, venue than he does on the stage. <laughs> so give, give, giving giving uh, giving regular Bono a run for his money with this, um, you know, connecting with the crowd. <laughs> it must be because they're a they're an Irish band, right? They play or they're from Ireland. Yeah, they, I think they're, they're, they're Dublin-based. Yeah. They said yeah, three, three, three of them are from the north side. One is from the south side, which they claim makes them a little bit more balanced. <laughs> <laughs> and is it a weird vibe seeing a U2 tr- cover band in Dublin while U2 is going on? You know, or is it just kind of fun night? It's, it's kind of fun. It's just sort of rags you know, right up there with all the other um, times we've seen. You know, the only, the only times I've ever seen... Um, Almost only the times I've seen U2 tribute bands has been when U2's been in town. So it always amazes me just how up for an overdose on U2 music people are, and you know, also how excited they get because this is you know this is probably your only time to hear half of these songs perform live because you know U2 are not going to do a um, 37 song set and. Um, you know, they they played a sort of homecoming. What what other songs did they play, Sherry? That oh. were it was it was genius about about a sort of homecoming. They used that to as an as an intro to streets, and the way that they did it was so clever that I'm like, why hasn't you two thought of that? <laughs> um, um, the Zeropa Tribute Band actually posted their set list on their Facebook page, so you can just look them up. And I think that I've um, um, tweeted about it as well. But the but the entire list of songs that they did, um, was there, they did California, you know, they did, um, uh, 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 oh goodness. Um, the first time I think. Yes. The first time. Yeah. yeah. We sang mm-hmm. happy birthday to, um, to Tusula. Um, it, it was just such a nice blend. And what was also interesting was the audience there knew every snippet <laughs> that they were singing mm-hmm. along to. And we were able to sort of identify, oh, the performance that they're, you know, uh, uh, um, giving us is the one from the Love Town tour or that, yeah. that particular version came off of the Slane Castle DVD. You could follow which version they were doing as a tribute band, mm-hmm. which was also fun. Yeah, definitely. That's, a, that's the fun part on being on stage doing that kind of stuff is like you have to all agree on which version of the song you're actually doing because they have changed them over the years, obviously, in different performances and stuff like that. So um, so I guess uh, I'm guess, I'm gathering Matt is uh, is recuperating. And he will is not be trying. Oh, well, he is trying to get his Wi-Fi to work oh. on his phone. <laughs> he was asking me. Um, how are you able to to get Wi-Fi? I'm like, I, I just do. So he is trying to locate an area in the hotel where where his phone does have Wi-Fi. Okay. When I does he know floor. that we've all staged a coup? There's actually pretty good Wi-Fi if you can see the center quad. I heard Matt for a moment there. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, there he is. Hola. Where'd he go? 
We are, yeah. So welcome back to the podcast, Matt. This is uh, this is. A, oh, I'm in the business center now. There you go. <laughs> Doing some business with the podcast. Yeah. Uh, you have not been to a show yet, right? You just arrived. I just arrived last night or this morning or whatever. I, I have no idea. What is? I don't even know what day it is. You arrived I, this morning. I did, right? Like at around eight thirty or nine o'clock, I think. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He doesn't so sound you, convinced. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? <laughs> he doesn't sound too convincing of what, where he is. You spent most of your flight watching U2 concerts or something, is what I gathered from your tweets. You were... Y- yeah. Um, <laughs> did I watch? I, did, no, I didn't watch. I listened. Oh, you were listening. Didn't okay. I? No, no, no. Maybe I did watch. I was watching the Slane. Yeah, no, no, no. I, well, I watched Slane. the Slane while I was doing stuff on my computer. Oh. I was actually... You know what I was doing, actually? Was I was updating you to a diary just in case the the publisher ever calls and says you know hey it's time for edition number three so I'm just keeping my my book updated in case that call ever comes in ah gotcha so okay. hit, yeah hit, so hit. I was so I was working on that while I was watching uh, the Slain DVD nice it's a good way to spend the flight and you got uh, this isn't Matt's travel diary podcast but it was interesting but it could to see. be because it, it was awesome yeah you got upgraded <laughs> to business class for the oh my gosh business class yeah I remember a month or so ago when I was what am I looking at wow this is the strangest thing anyway sorry yeah a month or so ago when I was um, when I was re- researching airfares and publicly tweeting all my frustration with the coach class fares that were ridiculously high these uh the business class stuff was like five thousand dollars for the flight to dublin and i ended up getting upgraded to a one of these five thousand dollar seats it was insane oh my gosh i'll never fly coach again (laughs) well especially on that long flight too that's a nice way to spend it i would imagine no doubt chris we wish you were here by the way yeah i do too i wish i was there too that would be awesome. <laughs> we got to figure out a way to. We got to cool. figure out a way to do that. Certainly, do that. there's a podcasting fund somewhere that we can apply for. And- right. Yeah, I think there's the YouTube podcasting fund. Uh, it's uh, at the university there. If you just drop <laughs> off an application, okay, look at us. Trinity College will take. Yeah, care Trinity of it. will take care of it all. <laughs> Where uh, I guess yeah, you haven't been to anything, so there's no point in getting any updates from you on. No, no, it's no. Sherry and Steve are the ones, and Lizeth, you have have you been to one of these shows? Yeah, we heard I'm from going Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tuesday. And so you're going to the last, the next couple, Matt, right? You're both. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Three and four. Nice. And in the GA or do you have seats? Where are you? GA. GA for both. GA for both. Very cool. All right. So yeah, very very excited. It's been 20 years since I've seen you two in in Dublin. It's very emotional. Yeah, it certainly seems that way from, I mean, just like I would imagine. And uh, um, anything that you're sort of like keyed up for as far as the show song, you're just like hearing streets, let's say, in Dublin with you two or whatever is going to be the moment or anything like that. That's... No, I, you know, no, I don't know. I'm, I'm a, I've am I'm been trying to avoid the listening to the live streams lately because I don't want to like overdo it. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm just going to plan on enjoying the show. So that's yeah. all. That's 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 all I'm doing. Because I think these will be my last shows for a while. On this, I mean, I'm not going to. I'm not, I'm, 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 I like. I'm not going to Paris. And if the rumors are true that they're not touring, what, what's the what was the rumor that just came out? They're not touring next year until late in the year or something like that. 
Well, think about it. If if um, Anton Corbin's correct in that the album isn't slated until until September, there's no real reason to do anything until then. Right. Wow. But nothing's confirmed. So that confirmed. could be a long time. Uh, yeah, that, I know. Well, it's short, all things considered. It's only nine months as opposed to four but you, years. But you, but you know, but you know what the problem is. The problem is that when they say when they, when you know a nine month delay becomes like you know a two yeah. year delay very easily with these with this band. So <laughs> it's very true. That's what. That's the only thing I'm afraid of. So. <laughs> Have you, Sherry or Steve, I don't know if you would be able to sense this at all, but just with the crew, when it, when it was announced that, um, the, obviously the Paris dates, which is awesome that they're rescheduled and for December 6th and 7th, and obviously there's, re, you know, I'm sure with HBO and stuff, besides just any sentimental and emotional reasons they wanted to re, you know, reschedule, they probably had to <laughs> contractually do something. Um, but has, has there been any sense from the crew and stuff that like what we thought was going to be our last show in a couple of days now we're gearing up again to go back overseas or back. Yeah. They're trying to psych themselves back up for that. I think that there's a resilience about the crew that they want to do this for the, um, for, for the fans. They want to make a statement. They're all pretty, you know, unified, um, um, in terms of that. But, you know, to be told at the last minute that you've just lost two weeks of your Christmas break, <laughs> you know, on the on the flip side or, or you know, a week of it anyway, that, um, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. And 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 their determination and and just the resiliency, they want to make this work and they want to make this happen. So, you know, they're pulling out all the stops. They're going to make sure that um, um, it goes off. You know, there is added security here at the venue that was in one of the local newspapers that they have um, plain, plain clothed um, security officers who are packing heat inside of the um, um, arena here. They've beefed up the security detail around the band and around key management people. Um, so, you know, there there is that sort of feel, but um, unless you're really looking for it, they've been able to to make it seem very seamless and that, you know, you wouldn't know about it unless it was reported in the press type of thing. So, you know, they are taking little, little steps that, that will hopefully, um, keep everybody a okay. That explains why when I just bumped into you downstairs, you had three bouncers around you. (laughs) Right. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) It is kind of funny thinking back, uh, and good, really, I guess in a way of like going to Ireland from Paris being the safe route (laughs) or whatever, like safer environment than, you know, Paris or whatever, obviously for sad reasons. But, um, as Bono mentioned, I think at the Belfast shows, like, you know, look at what you've done, look how far you've come and stuff like that. And so, um, it is, it is kind of good in that respect, I guess. And, uh, yeah, it will, I'm sure it will be an emotionally charged and intense set of shows in Paris. But I guess if the flip side is to to what share you what you're saying, like if there's rumor or or they've heard maybe that there's no shows coming until much later in 2016, I guess then the extra couple of weeks is kind of nice for work and uh, and knowing that they're going to have longer holiday, I guess in, in January, depending what they obviously where the crew disperses, etc. But um, yeah. All right. Well, I don't want to keep you folks too much longer. I know there's more exciting things to do, like go sleep and stuff for Matt. And <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the, 
Um, I'll mention to folks uh, who are listening and maybe live if they're on their way to headed to Dublin or whatever. There's the at you to Dublin Visitors Guide that's been recently updated, and uh, and I'm sure any of the folks who are with the at you to crew that are over in Dublin will respond when they can to Twitter tweets questions stuff like that as well um but uh oh um um important to note if you're coming over here thinking you can get um concert merchandise once they run out of a particular shirt or a particular sweater they're not re um resupplying that so um on tuesday's show they were running out of particular sizes and the people in the merchandise till said that once it's gone, it's gone. So if you're coming for shows three and four and thinking that, you know, I'll wait until the, the, um, um, the last show to buy something, do not do that. Um, if you see it, buy it. And in Carol, um, um, there's, um, shops all throughout Dublin, uh, um, um, called, um, Carol's Irish Gifts. And they have official merchandise. It it's a black T-shirt with a light bulb, that's got U2 Dublin 2015. It's got the copyright from Not Us Limited. It's got a tag on it saying official U2 IE merchandise. And they've also got a black T-shirt with the pop album art on it. Um, and those are 20 euro, which is about 15 euro cheaper than the U2 IE t-shirts inside of the venue. There are people who are hawking um, fake merchandise outside of the venue for 10, um, 10 quid, um, you know, uh, buyer, buyer beware type of thing about, about the quality, but they're also selling rain ponchos for five and they're selling Irish flags outside of the venue. And the ponchos aren't exactly the best material. So um, get them elsewhere as well. Just a little word of advice if you're coming out for Spe- the show speak- Friday and Saturday. Speaking of, of, speaking of fake merchandise, I found a really cool uh, U2 IE Tour shirt on Amazon um, and bought it about a month or two ago and never, you know, never heard of the seller or anything like that. I knew it wasn't official. It was like $22 or $23, so it's reasonable for a t-shirt. Um, and it turns out that the the package after I bought it the the pack they you know they send you the shipping notice and says should ship within the next three weeks and I'm like what on earth three weeks and um, the reason that it was taking so long is that it was it came from China so definitely not an official shirt <laughs> wow <laughs> however I will tell you that it looks very cool it's the like super cool looking shirt and I have it with me so. I'll try to wear it sometime this weekend. The only thing I'm worried about is that if it actually gets rained on, that it will disintegrate on the spot. Right. So we'll see how that we'll see how that goes. So there's a chance of a topless Matt McGee at a U2 <laughs> yeah, show. That's right. I'll be the I'll be the dork without a shirt on running around the GA floor. Oh, I imagine in Dublin at U2 show, there's probably more than one. Another topic, by the way, Chris, <laughs> about merchandise. Not about a, a topless Matt, but about <laughs> merchandise. Person after person who I've been speaking with. They've been asking us to do an article or to have an in-depth discussion or to find a graphic artist or somebody who can comment on the, the uh, tour merchandise design and then compare that with some of the stuff that the fans have created mm-hmm. to see if, um, if an independent person can tell the difference between if it was band approved or fan created. Um, because uh, it's the general opinion that that the stuff that the fans have made have have been much better than what Live Nation has been presenting to us as official merchandise. But you know that's for another time and another place. <laughs> save it, save it for the next podcast. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That'll be the, we'll do a video version where we can do an A-B testing with, uh, with, with somebody to see which ones are our quiz, I guess we'll do, but uh, we'll do, we'll do like Sherry on the street in Boston. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, uh, Fabiano in the chat room, just before we, we, uh, we go, says, uh, please be watching the Meerkat. He, ha- he will try and get a message on there f- for you. So, oh, wow. Okay. The Meerkat. <laughs> this is, it's so weird to do, like, I'm, like, this podcast is, like, the weirdest thing. Like, I, I'm not at my computer. I don't have the, the agenda that you put together in front of us. I don't have the chat room. I'm just, like, There's an agenda? on my phone. <laughs> yeah, there's usually an agenda. We threw the agenda out after about five minutes when uh, oh, Sherry <laughs> got into the back of a van. I know you should see where I took a photo of where she is. She's down sitting in front of this, this, it's like this, this moving food truck that looks like it's straight out of Pixar. It's the strangest thing. (laughs) (laughs) The things we do for this podcast. Right, exactly. (laughs) At any moment, Sherry could be down on the street. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, folks, go around. uh, Everybody, uh, starting with Steve, will say, uh, throw out your Twitter handle if folks want to follow along with your adventures in Dublin. What's your Twitter handle, Steve? It's at Caleb U2. And Sherry? You two come, Sherry. And Elizabeth? Echo Bedro. And uh, Matt? Matt McGee, at Matt McGee. All right, and if you want to follow along with my adventures shoveling snow, I'm like Chris on Twitter. <laughs> yes. It's almost oh as good. God. I periscoped me shoveling snow the other day. That was pretty entertaining, I think. It was scintillating, let me <laughs> exactly. tell you. I was worried that your phone was going to freeze and <laughs> shut down. <laughs> Yes, Matt's revealed he's not heading anywhere north of. Uh, oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> I can't stand winter. I just, I, I just, I need sunny, warm locale. Yeah. So you're in Dublin. Dublin is not it, babe. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> what am I doing wrong here? Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, there's no snow yet, so. Yeah. That's true. Thank goodness. All right. And folks, if you're following along, listening along, you can uh, listen to previous episodes of the podcast, goodstuff.fm slash ATU2. And uh, the Twitter account for the uh, the website is twitter.com slash ATU2. And we usually do uh, answer questions from listeners and stuff for the show. So if you have questions for the next episode on Twitter, you can post them with hashtag ask at U2 and they'll get funneled into the next show. And uh, you can also like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash at U2com. I think that's it for this episode. We will uh, enjoy the show, guys, the shows, and uh, we will touch base again in a week or so when you're more jet-lagged, probably, (laughs) (laughs) and even more tired, but uh, it'll be a fun show. Okay, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, Rate us up on iTunes if you're so inclined, and we'll see you again next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.